The Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black men. All right. Welcome back to the Black Male Archives. I'm your host, Rodney Freeman, and I have with me David Spellman. Sir, how are you doing today? Every day is good, man. You know, it's not just lip service. Like they say, every day above ground is a is a good one. So I truly believe that. Man, and I appreciate you for being on here. We actually had the chance to connect and we've been doing some great things since the time that we've connected. And I, I always we 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 talked about um you know, just connecting and doing some positive stuff, which we have been doing. But I really wanted this opportunity to kind of sit down and talk to you about your book and just about your life and how you got involved in uh, writing this curriculum that you've done, which is called Just Like Me. Can you guys see it? I know, yeah. Self-awareness, social, emotional learning inspired by hip hop, man. Can you tell me before we get into the book, can you tell me a little bit about your background, where you're from and, you know, where, you know, your, your, your story? It's, it's always interesting when I get asked that question, when I meet people and they hear my voice, they assume I'm from somewhere. Then when I really break down the story, it's like, wow, that's that's interesting. You're a little bit different. So I was actually born in London, England. I uh, rep the UK, even though I've been long removed, but born in London, have lived all over the world. Both of my parents were in the military. And the fun fact is me, my sister and my brother. I'm the oldest of three. We were all born outside of the continental USA. So me and my sister were both born in London. Then my my younger brother, Jason, was born in Guam, which is a U.S. Tor- territory. But it's really an Asian country. It's a lot of Filipino descent. Um, it's, it's just crazy. I've got a lot of different cultural just influences. I often tell people I grew up Latino everywhere I've gone. They've just been around. So I picked up the language, picked up the culture. Of course, being a black Caribbean man is just I, I feel like I embody all the good things in this world, to be honest. Um, settled here in Charlotte, North Carolina around fifth, sixth grade and just was a student, like student of the game of football, student in the sense of an academic and just always wanted to be a sponge, wanted to know things, gain knowledge. And I'm going to tell you where that stems from. Mm-hmm. Of course, growing up as a youth, you would often hear this thing. If you were, if you look like us, mm-hmm. if you ever wanted to hide something from a black person, what do you do? You put it in the book. Mm-hmm. So yeah. that was like a challenge to me from from my early years, like, why would they say that about us? Like, I didn't, that didn't, I didn't resonate with that message. Like, we're supposed to be unintelligent. Like, we're not smart. I never agreed with that. So I was like, I can still be black. I can still be fly. I can still be all the things that I am and be intelligent and be smart and get good grades. It didn't, it didn't make no sense why I had to choose one or the other. So that, that kind of just spawned my love of knowledge. And, you know, like you said, writing a book, that was the ultimate. Nah, I'm not going to agree with that statement. You say we can't read, put in a book. OK, I'm going to write a book. Then let me show you something. And that's just what I'm about. Just defeating those misconceptions about what they perceive us to be. Mm-hmm. Man, so what took you on this journey to become an educator? Because, you know, um, you know, you, you wrote this curriculum, which we're going to get into. But what took you on that journey to become an educator? It really, honestly, I don't know (laughs) because I knew I was going to be working with people in some capacity. Mm -hmm. My personality just 
my skill set. I knew the job, the career I would have, I was going to be working with people. I knew it was never sitting behind a desk for eight hours. That was never part of the plan. I just didn't know, you know, high school, early undergrad, what that was going to look like. So I became a psych psychology major my junior year. So I was undeclared for them first two because I really didn't know. But just as I gained and, you know, did courses and all of that, I'm like, you know what? I do want to work with people in some capacity. Mm-hmm. And psychology just afforded me to get into education. So it started out just being a tutor, helping in that role. But yeah. then as I seen, you know, the disparities in, in the school system that I was at, I was like, man, I could be doing more. I knew I didn't want to be a teacher per se, yeah. but I often tell people when I work in education, they're like, what do you teach? Well, I'm a teacher of social skills. And I think that fits me perfectly. So mm-hmm. it just it stemmed from knowing I didn't want to be behind a desk, but then my early introductions into education, being a tutor, just seeing how things were going on. I'm like, I need to insert myself here to to push people forward. Man, that's so powerful. And, how, and then, okay, so how did you fuse the two, hip hop and education? Tell us about that. All right, so like I said, it started out as being a tutor. Then the next thing, it was a behavior specialist. And then that's where I've always kind of been in education, whether it was in Virginia. And then when I moved back to North Carolina, behavior specialist, behavior modification technician, core behavior specialist. I've always been that individual where if a kid was struggling, pulled him out of class, processed, did some intervention, interventions, did some kind of counseling. And school systems often have prepackaged curriculum or whatever the case may be. And if I'm the individual that has to use these programs, these interventions that the school is saying is best practice or whatever, I saw a, a, a disconnect with the things that like, of course, the method was teaching kids social skills. I'm with that. But the, the way that these prepackaged curriculums were, it was very whitewashed. And me as a as a black man, I said, man, if I was a student, I would not connect with this. So I often had to remix it to make it relevant to my students. Mm -hmm. And I did a lot of complaining. One of my mentors challenged me. He was like, yo, why don't you just create something? And I'm that kind of person. Don't don't challenge me Mm because I'm like, I don't take it as defense. I'm like, well, you're right. Why don't I just create something? That's how the book and the curriculum was spawned taking hip hop lyrics and connecting it to those social skills, but then having an underlying curriculum that touched on the, their English standards. Because if I just say hip hop and education, there's going to be a lot of pushback, a lot of negative connotations. But the way that I do it, the way that I present it, it's like you wouldn't even know it came from a hip hop song because it's put into a story form and mm-hmm. then touching those English standards, but then using the culture. Like I'm never going to be, afraid to say this is for the culture. It's for everybody. But right. the focus was my black and brown students. Right. Right. Talk, okay. So talk to us about the book. Um, tell me how the concept of the book, how you came up with that. What, talk to us about the book. How did you come up with that? And it, it, the book, I often tell people, the book has always been inside of me. I just really didn't have the opportunity to put it all together. So of course, pandemic came you know, it slowed the whole world down and it gave me the opportunity to really take what I had inside of me and put it onto paper. And it's funny because every time somebody looks at the book, they look at the chapters, what I'm calling the chapters, and it's different cities. And every city is based off 
where the artist is from. So I'll give you an example. The first chapter in the book is Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And I also used to live in Philadelphia, but that's not the reason why that's the first chapter. So most people know this song by Meek Mill. It's called Dreams and Nightmares. It's very popular. The Philadelphia Eagles even used it during their Super Bowl run in 2017. Oh, yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah, so it's all just about taking a piece of a lyric. And this is the thing. You don't even have to listen to the music. I take a piece of a lyric, which in that song, I use that opening line that everybody can recite. I used yeah. to pray for times like this to rhyme yeah. like this. So I had to grind like that to shine like this. Yeah. So I took that line. I compared it to Stephen Covey's Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And I used that to frame a whole chapter around goal setting and the mm. thing that you would need to accomplish goals. Then there's a lesson plan with vocabulary specific to goal setting with some activities. So in the regular curriculum, you will have your guided practice, which is more group focused, you know, more teacher led. And in that students are creating a vision board. Then there's an independent practice where students, of course, are working independently. So they would say two goals, one personal goal, then one academic goal, then write everything that they would need to do to complete it. So every chapter is unique in itself. But then just the way that I created the curriculum, educators and youth organizations alike have just really embraced it. And I'm, I'm blessed, to be honest, that my my creation, the thing that I thought could change the world, a lot of people agree. Yeah, man. Where when you speak, I can hear the, the the passion come out about this. Where do you want to see? What's the goal for this? What do you want it to see it evolve into uh, over the next couple of years? And first and foremost, if people are unfamiliar with social and emotional learning, the major player is Castle, and that is the collaborative for academic social and emotional learning. So they're like the the top dog in that space. So mm -hmm. to to have my program be Castle approved and to have mm -hmm. a curriculum that's respected across the country, essentially across the world, I want to get it translated into Spanish and just, man, in those pockets where there is a need for a program that speaks to the student's culture, mm -hmm. I want to be that, that number one curriculum. I want to be that number one resource that, okay, we don't know how to reach our black and brown kids. I might have an answer for you and just interject myself and have it not just to them to use it, but it to be impactful. And from the sessions I've done, the pilots working with youth organizations, working with students in Department of Juvenile Justice, it's made a positive impact. So I know I can scale that up and I know mm -hmm. I can reach more students that are in need of a program like mine. Yeah. Can you give us, you know, I, I, when you when you say when you was telling because I know you shared some stuff about some stories um, working with some of the, the school districts that you that you worked with. Um, can you share one of your one of your most favorite memories of when you really just, just touched somebody with through this curriculum and everything? What what do you remember about that? And I, I had this young man, so it was with a nonprofit. So with that, with that organization, we do nine weeks. And the first few weeks, well, first day, he came in with his blue bandana. You know, he's I'm a gangster, this and that. I'm cool. I mean, I, I have nothing. I, I say come as you are. But at the same time, that could present issues with some of the peers if they are supposedly on the other side of things. And it's just not a good look to bring that kind of energy into the sessions. Yeah. But by the end of the nine weeks, when I tell you this young man did not bring the bandana anymore, he actually got a job 
And in one of the chapters um, from one of my favorite rappers, Fabulous, the lyric that I use is, beef is only good when you're in the burger business. So when the end of the nine weeks, we do like a graduation and they get certificates mm-hmm. and that. He talked about how that chapter really touched him and how mm-hmm. he was trying to stay out of the, the gang, quote unquote, gang life. Because one of the, the, the points in that chapter is when you have beef with somebody, they may hurt your family because they know it's going to hurt you. So that really that message really resonated with him. So he kind of turned his life, you know, did that 180 and wanted to decrease his involvement with his previous people and just wanted to get a job and do better in school. So that I would say to this point has been the 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 highest point of my curriculum that it really touched that that young person, that young man. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, when you see somebody and when you get that story like that, you know, it, it really just it. I know for me, just hearing it, it brightens up your day because, you know, you're able to have that impact on just that one person. You know, um, what do you I guess the last question, where would you if you had anywhere in the world that you could kind of uh, get this curriculum adapted? Uh, and where would you uh, want this to be? Like, like I don't know, Asia, Europe, everywhere. I don't know. What, what would be your dream for this curriculum? Where, where, where would you see it at? Now, this answer is going to be a little bit biased because of the place I was born. And it's funny when you talk to people who really haven't been, had that access to different cultures, but London specifically, the UK, mm-hmm. People think, oh, there's not a lot of black people out there and they'll be shocked if they ever went over there. It looks like New York and it's yeah. a lot of Caribbean, a lot of Africans over there. But yeah. in the way that we have a big gun control problem here in the United States, a lot of gun violence amongst the young people. Now, they have stricter gun laws, but at the same time, they have a lot of stabbings and mm-hmm. a loss of life is a loss of life. So if I could, if my curriculum could help the youth of the soil that I come from. Man, mm-hmm. put the knife down. Now, over here, I'm saying put the gun down, make smarter decisions, but put the knife down. When you have an argument, you can solve this without somebody losing their life. Just make an impact like I've made in small pockets here in the United States. If I could take that over in, to London, that would be like a full circle moment for me. And yeah. as we're speaking, the queen passed away yesterday. Yeah, my, mom, yeah. my first text was from my mother. She's like, your queen died. <laughs> That's our thing. Like I was born there, we left when I was seven. So that's yeah. a part of you know my my story living yeah. in the UK. So yeah, if I, if I could get my curriculum over there and just touch the youth over there, I think that I mean, of course, I'll be happy wherever. But to touch touch down in my home soil, that yeah. would be an amazing experience. That's awesome, man. That's awesome. Can you tell the listeners um, any other projects that you're working on right now, and where they can follow you and find you on social media? Man, I'm it's it's always something going on. Looking forward to doing some great work with Mr. Freeman in the Blackmail Archives. Yes, sir. Possibly doing something in some additional school districts across the country. Already got some contracts in Illinois. Um, looking forward to doing some stuff in some charter schools in New York with this fellowship that I'm a part of. But it's it's always something. So for the listeners, the viewers, you can reach out to me on LinkedIn, David Spellman. On Instagram, it's M-R-J-A-P-P-I. It looks like Mr. Jappy, but like I said, I grew up Latino. So Mr. Happy. Like when you think of Jose, you don't say Jose, you say Jose. So Mr. Happy on Instagram. 
And I'm always down to collaborate. If you're working with youths, at-risk youths, just you want to take students to another level, I want to hear about it, and I definitely want to collaborate. Man, sir, David, thank you so much for doing this interview, man. It's been uh, ever since we connected, man. I, I, I've been. I really want to say that I've just been thankful that you know we've had time to to talk and you know kind of uh, chat about some of the things that we're going to be uh, producing in, in the future. So uh, again, thank you for this. Uh, the Black Male Archives, where we capture, curate, and promote positive stories about black males, black men, which you are one of. Thank you, sir. I think those words, thank you for those sentiments. But, you know, you're doing a lot of great stuff yourself. I know I'm doing some things, but I appreciate everything you're doing as well. Hey, man, right back at you. So we're going to catch up with you. Of course, we're going to stay connected. So we will see you next time. All right. All right, sir.